Welcome back to The Law Unscripted. We are talking today about jury voir dire, jury selection process, so to speak, and specifically Batson challenges. So if you know what this is, stay tuned to find out more about it. If you don't know what it is, stay tuned for some interesting issues and topics. Um, Not everybody knows about these things, especially with relation to jury challenges and jury selections, but... It's pretty crazy. So stick around. This is the Law Unscripted, where we talk about the law and the legal system and everything you didn't know. Didn't understand. And no one ever told you. I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. We're with Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do. Okay. We have swapped sides this week. Trying something new. Um, we changed it up. It's episode 16. Um, so uh, we finished 15. Funky, fresh seating arrangements. Trying it different. Now, the dogs have um, stayed in the same locations. With What's the, the game called with the seats? What is the... <laughs> no, that's the same. It's not, not Musical chairs. Musical chairs. I was, say, I was about to say hot potato. And I was like, that's not it. Oh, that's so funny. It's not hot potato. Um, but we have our dogs still. Um, yes. Different couches. We have Willow, who's my merle-colored cocker spaniel, who's next to me. Sky, the little silky terriers on the other side of Chelsea, but you can't see her. And then Charlie will join us on one of or both of our couches. He's the golden colored Cocker Spaniel. But if you haven't joined us, take a look at our dogs. See them, meet them. If you have joined us, take a look and be excited about them. Keep dropping a comment as to whether you are excited about the dogs being here or not. Um, You can also see pictures of our dogs on the Tarani Law LLC website. But they are our pod cast assistants get it yes they are very cute and clever that's chelsea for you <laughs> like i'm only here to make dog related puns oh, that's so funny yeah she doesn't know anything about the law or the no. legal system she knows about dogs yeah that's pretty much it yep that's it <laughs> <laughs> so chelsea we are going to teach you today about bats and challenges okay what does that mean okay so the background for them is when you do a jury selection and this is for any jury right criminal jury civil jury Mm -hmm. if you have a jury trial you have to select jury members right and it's not just oh i'd want them them and them you just get a random group of people a random group of people narrow it down right put together right there are certain numbers Um, anywhere from 20 or more that can come in. Sometimes it's less, depends on your state and your jurisdiction, but there's a group of jury members that come in Mm -hmm. into the courtroom and they have to be chosen. They don't just all 12 come and sit in the jury box and that's your jurors. You actually get to choose. You just volunteer, right? Can I be on a jury and just walk in? (laughs) Yeah. Not many people would volunteer. Um, but no, there's, there are lists, there are processes, that you have to um, follow and the court sends out notices, you have to appear. Mm-hmm. If you get into the actual courtroom, then the attorneys and the judge have the ability to choose who's going to be those final 12 members for a criminal trial mm-hmm. or a civil trial depends on your jurisdiction. Sometimes it's six members of a jury, nine members in California. Um, it's different, but in a civil case, just in case you didn't know, you are not guaranteed 12 members of a jury. Yeah. I but, don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. So, and it doesn't have to be unanimous. I Okay. So I did know this, <laughs> but I found that out on probably, 
I don't know where. It was not in law school. I found that out, like, probably on social media somewhere. Yeah. And I was like, what? (laughs) Was nobody going to tell me this very important information? (laughs) It is surprising because everybody assumes that every jury has to be 12. Or it's a mistrial. Or it's a mistrial. Or it has to be unanimous. Or it's a mistrial. Well, both. But it's not. Which, I don't know Come on, journey. feel about it. He's in the in the wings He's like trying of the to camera here. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we keep talking to our him. dogs. Okay, but what is this process called? So the questioning of the jury is voir dire. And do you know what it means in Latin? So I didn't, I thought that I did, especially as a law student, right? Like I graduated from law school. <laughs> I used this process. I thought it was to see to speak. And it's very close. It's to speak the truth, which I didn't know. Um, I think Wadier is one of those words in law school because I'm just going to own up to it of like, you're so scared you're going to just say wrong because it doesn't look <laughs> like, because I know it. We've seen, you see it in movies, you see mm-hmm. it on the news, but there's something about a cold call that makes you forget you've ever read a word in your life. <laughs> Teacher just calls on you, Chelsea. What is this? <laughs> I do it. I did my first year and just unplugged my internet since I was on Zoom. Oh, so funny. I can't answer that question. Unplug. And it just shows disconnect. So it's not like I... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I did this. Are You're telling the nation that you did this. It's you're telling... True. We have followers in, like, Vietnam. Look, you're telling people in other countries that you did guys, this. it was only for one class, property. And that's because the professor was mean, <laughs> and I was scared of him. Everybody else, I just, you know, try to stumble on. <sighs> but voir dire doesn't look like it should be pronounced that way. It's often a lot of people say voir dire. Yes. Um, because that's what it looks like in English. It's the I would normally be the I-er. Um, but it's not. So it's voir dire usually, <laughs> unless you're in a jurisdiction that just happens to call it differently. Which some places do weird things. Which they do. I feel like it's a running theme in our podcast. It is. Uh, yeah, we're going to say our running theme, which is check your jurisdiction. It depends. It depends. Congratulations. Check your state. Honorary law degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to know is in the end to be a lawyer, all you have to know is say, it depends. Exactly. So with the jury one year, the year's <laughs> questions. And so here's the, the cool part. So a Bastion challenge, so that you know, while we continue to talk, a very brief description of a Batson challenge is to see the other attorney is improperly excluding jurors, taking jurors off out of the pool right. for a discriminatory reason. That's a challenge. Okay, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week about Mm -hmm. some of the reasons that you could reasonably be taken off of a jury. Absolutely. So we had um, in a prior podcast uh, videotaped, so it's on YouTube and Mm -hmm. in the normal audio podcasting, we talked about regular jury selection Mm -hmm. as a whole. So some of this is not really repetitive. We're trying to hit things that we didn't. And it's not a series, though it could be taken as one. But we talked about why you would want to exclude somebody. The normal reasons of I would be looking for, if it's a rape case, I wouldn't want a victim of a rape to be on my jury on either side because it could go either way. Right. Um, And then you get just some of the challenges that are not for cause, right? They're just... Right. So the for cause challenges are reasons that somebody can't be impartial. Right. So... 
is there something within the case where they just, because it's a criminal case, they're going to believe that the defendant did it. Right. If they're on trial, you know, if they've been charged, well, they must have done it. Is there a reason they can't be impartial? If they can't be impartial, then they, it's a cause strike. If the person can't perform their duties, we talked mm -hmm. about if they're blind, right. they have to be able to see it's not, we're trying to discriminate against right. disabilities, but you have to have certain functions. If you're not over 18, it's a, a strike for cause. Right. Um, but after all the strikes for cause are done, funsies. you get funsies strikes. Right. And so is and this sort of where the Batson issue comes up is with this these is ones, right? It is. They're called peremptory strikes. There we go. That's the overall term of the strike. So cause strikes are done. You get, and it depends on the case, the jurisdiction. So in criminal cases, you usually get more. Um, because your juries sense. are larger pool, they're yeah. going to be more likely to be excluded jurors, people who just can't serve, yeah. um, based on the type of jury, et cetera. But each side gets so many, right? Prosecution gets so many criminal defense portion gets mm -hmm. so many. If it's a civil case, plaintiff gets so many defendant gets so many. Yes. And you just say, mm, not the vibe striking out this juror, but you don't have to say why. Right. And that's the thing is these peremptory for cause strikes. You, there has to be like a reason. Preemptory or like, yes. I don't like the way she blinked, but you don't have to say that. You don't say it out loud. You literally just strike them. So the way that they're saying is strike. You usually you just, get a, for a paper and all the jurors are listed and you have the paper and you cross them off. Right. And I, I get the paper and I'm like, okay, there's juror number one, cross off. We should just get seats with levers, like pull the lever, cronk, Whoop. and then they just <laughs> It's now a game show. <laughs> That's very clever. <laughs> the jurors don't know, though, when they're being taken no. off, usually. Sometimes they do. Um, Check jurisdiction. <laughs> but some judges will say, who are you choosing? Right. And you say, I'm choosing number one. In the jurisdictions that I go to, though, um, Virginia doesn't, they give you a form yeah. and you cross off. And then the judge takes the form and says, these are the eight people who are no longer needed. Thank you for your service. Right. So you go back and forth. There's four on this side, four on that side. There's two on this side, two on mm -hmm. that side. Check your numbers based on the case type and your jurisdiction. Okay. But... You don't have to say why you're striking them. You just get strikes. I almost never explain mine, but you yeah. don't have to. Unless. Unless someone makes a Batson challenge. So what's a Batson challenge and why is it called a Batson challenge? It's called a Batson challenge because it's a Supreme Court case called Batson versus Kentucky the from 1986. Okay, so this, so I've known about this case, but until this morning, I thought it happened in the 60s for obvious reasons. And then I went and checked it. And mm -hmm. Mr. Batson has been interviewed like on podcast. And I'm like, oh, this was like kind of recent. Yeah, it is fairly recent. And what he was saying is he was a criminal defendant mm -hmm. with a jury trial. And he was like, look, I'm African-American. Mm -hmm. And all these people who are getting stricken by the prosecution, they're African-American. Right. I think that they're excluding jurors for that reason for race. And I have a jury of my peers. 
right. which includes African-Americans. So right. why are you taking them off? Right. You're taking them off for race-based reasons. And so that went from his trial all the way up to the Supreme oh, yeah. Court. Full Supreme Court decision. And the Supreme Court decided that he was right. Um, they believed that he was not receiving a fair trial and the Equal Protection Clause of the, the United States Constitution under which... I know this one. The which 14th one? Amendment. There we go. 14th <laughs> Amendment. Um, equal Protection Clause said that he was required to have a jury of his peers, mm -hmm. which was not to be excluded based on improper unconstitutional reasons, such as race, sex, age, right. um, and the other one is religion. Okay, so yeah, which make I mean those are the like the classes that are always protected and make sense. It, exactly, these are the but what you're saying is yeah. the term is protected class. Oh, you're a protected class of people based on age, sex, religion, and um, age, sex, religion, race, race, Gender. ethnicity. I what are we talking? about? I don't know. I just have like race, ethnicity, age, and gender sex and religion and religion so five right race ethnicity sex religion age five five protect whatever why was that so this difficult? is horrible i don't know how is this so difficult um yeah those are the protected classes right. where you can't discriminate so it's almost like hiring and firing right i was you, just about to say yeah you can't discriminate against somebody in hiring or firing based on the protected classes equal opportunity employers yeah you can't discriminate in housing fair, for I, the same reason fair housing laws and the judges were like okay you can't discriminate in a jury which i think i don't know i think the question of like what is a jury of your peers is something that like we as a country will continue to grapple with until the end of time yeah um, right like i just think it's one of those things that you're never gonna get uh, an answer that I feel like satisfies everyone. My um, favorite idea, like you mm -hmm. were saying last time is jury of my peers, I think is a jury of white Southern women <laughs> who are, you know, have this amount of education live in my neighborhood. You know, well, it's like, I, is, is that my peers? Well, because is, I feel this way about people who have a criminal record who then are a criminal defendant mm -hmm. again. Great. Put felons on the jury. Yeah. I, like, I, those are my peers. Those are the people that I would want to judge me because they are like-minded. I believe they would be like-minded to me. Right. But where are they going to find all these people? They're not my peers. They're See, people just like me. They're I my clones. I'm. They can't be your clones. If I was queen for a day, right, <laughs> I would say every criminal case has to have six people convicted of a crime on it. Done. I think that... <laughs> I want people who have experience with a just, we like we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. put attorneys and criminal defendants, split it. Six attorneys, <laughs> six criminal defendants, done. I like it. I really like it. I just Though think, there might be more homicides. I was going to say, <laughs> I would pay like an MMA fight to see that jury room. Right? so funny. Yeah. I'm not sure who would, who would come out best. Um... Yeah. Maybe we just get criminal attorneys, like people who are Ooh. criminals and attorneys. Very Look. rare because you're usually excluded, but you know. We just make those professional jurors. Look, I have solved the criminal justice <laughs> Here they system. are, but we'd have to pay them fairly, which right now jurors are not paid fairly. Oh, no. Um, I would volunteer to do it for free. <laughs> Chelsea's new job. 
I would love but, it. Okay, sorry. I've taken us so off You're track. so funny. It's No, that's why it's the law unscripted, because but, it's clearly unscripted. But I think it goes to the point of, like, you know, we try to make things as fair as possible. Do I think we've necessarily, like, hit the nail over the head? Nail on the head. Yeah. Okay, nail on the head with, you know, exactly fair juries. No, but this is, like I said, super recent in the mm-hmm. late 80s. Saying, yeah. um, hey, maybe we don't exclude people based on their race. That's kind of messed right. up. Right. And for your peers, it's you don't want someone who just agrees with you because right. you need people with other opinions and experiences and life yeah. experiences. And it's in your community. So yeah. a cross section of your community who would be at the bus stop, who would be in the school, yeah. who would be at the grocery store, any person that you would find across the community, the county, the city, whatever. And what Batson was saying is... <laughs> My community includes African-Americans. Yeah. So don't exclude them. That was then extended in, what year was this? 91 to civil cases. Which is, it's one of those things you're like, well, duh. Right, that it should, should have happened, right? And it just blows my mind that. Well, what they were saying and the good argument was for plaintiffs and defendants, you're not the government. Right. So the government, the prosecution has a duty not to discriminate. But why do private individuals have that duty? (laughs) And what the Supreme, all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, well, the jury system is a government system. Right. The court is a government. Um, It's a government actor. And as an individual private party suing or defending against a lawsuit, you're choosing a jury, and the jury is part of the government system. Right. So as a government actor, you're choosing a jury as a government actor through the jury system. Anyway, it's a little complicated, but, but it extended to civil cases. Yeah. So the plaintiff can't discriminate in the jury, and the defendant can't discriminate. So and that's where we are. You would think, okay, great, we have this rule. Mm-hmm. Now everyone is just going to follow it, of course, because these people are attorneys and they would follow what the Supreme Court says. We Right. So we have no more issues. We've never had issues since. Once they made no. it, they decided it and all of the attorneys were like, great, we're on board. We'll behave ourselves in the court. Yeah, because somehow we immediately f- fixed racism along the way. <laughs> <laughs> it just stopped. News After alert, breaking, breaking. <laughs> Yeah, racism but, and discrimination have not stopped. But people got real sneaky real fast. They did. And that's why these challenges, it, it couldn't just be a don't discriminate right. kind of case. The Supreme Court set up a three-piece procedure Which is for rare what to for do. Them because they like to be vague and give no hardline rules ever. If you've ever had to brief a case, you know that. They just like to opine about nothing for 40 pages. Right. Um, and give no sort of black letter law. But they did here. They did. They gave, they said, if you think that discrimination is happening and jurors are being excluded on the basis of one of these categories, then you have to make a Batson challenge. Now, that's what we call it, is a bat, Batson challenge, and you do three things. Okay. So, step number one. Dun, dun, dun. The party do? who thinks that they're being, that the other side. The person who's, like, raising it. Well, okay, so the person who raises the Batson challenge is the, the party that thinks 
the other side is improperly excluding the jurors. So for let's do an example, like mm-hmm. say the defense will do a criminal case. Defense Those are says the government is improperly excluding jurors. What does the defense attorney do? So the defense attorney makes an objection. They literally say, Your Honor, I'm objecting to that peremptory exclusion and I'm raising a Batson challenge. They say it aloud. Which is kind of wild. I didn't know this proceed. Like I knew mm-hmm. that you had to raise the issue, but I didn't know that's how you did it. That's kind of a bold move. It's like it standing up and being like, you're being racist. You're being sexist in the middle of a courtroom. It is. Now, most jurors don't know what that is. No. Okay. So if you say it, most jurors have no idea what a Batson challenge is. is and they're just like, the oh, best. somebody's objecting again. <laughs> right. Someone's making an objection. It's an attorney. But, but for those... Else- who are clever enough or who know if it. I heard that happen, the way my face would like jaw drop. If you know you're just sitting in and you're watching court, we had to do this for my first year mm-hmm. of law school all the time. We had to observe court. If I had been in one of those observations and someone was like, I want to raise a Batson challenge, I would have been like, ooh, what's happening? Yeah, so you actually state that you want to raise a, a Batson challenge. So we've changed things up just a little bit. We put a pause. Um yes. Our video is weird. Don't know what happened. Don't know what happened, but we we're working on it. We have gained a puppy on Chelsea's side. So if you're seeing this and you're like, oh my God, what just happened? That happened. It's magic. Charlie appeared. And we're going to go back then to when you have a Batson challenge. The Batson challenge is raised. You say, I object to that um, strike, that right. peremptory strike. And... I believe, you know, I'm making a Batson challenge. The judge should call them up to the bench. This yeah. sh- next part should not be done in front of the jury. Okay. Sometimes they'll excuse the jury. Just so they can talk freely. Right. To, to have them talk outside the presence of the jury. Sometimes the judge will just bring them up to the bench. Yeah. Every once in a while, they'll excuse the jury completely for the day Ooh. and bring them back the next day the attorneys so that the attorneys can prep the arguments and make the arguments on another time. Oh, sometimes usually not. Um, unless there's a really serious challenge made or the objecting party wants to present additional proof and says, I would like some time to prepare. The judge will say, well, (laughs) why it just happened? Go ahead and, and decide, tell me why. Gotcha. Um, but normally it's up at the bench. It has to be recorded. You want a transcript of it. If it is a civil case, civil cases are not always recorded. Right. They're not always transcribed. And if they are, sometimes the parties have to pay for it themselves. Pay for one, because if you have a Batson challenge, it has to be recorded. Has to be transcribed. I didn't know this either. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm learning. Okay. So that's step two. Um, well, well no, step one. sort of step one is to make the challenge and they say the, they have to say my party. So the defendant, let's yeah. say you're African-American. Um, my client is African-American and the person who was just excluded from the jury is African-American. I believe that my protected class mm-hmm. is being excluded, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your protected protected class right you could ha- you could say i'm a woman as a defendant but they're taking 
all the men off of the jury for some reason. You could. But it's, I, I know it's rare, it's but technically rare. you could. You're supposed to, in the initial challenge to even assert one, you're supposed to allege that you're protected, you are a member of a specific protected class. Okay. And the people being eliminated are, are the, the protected class. class. Okay, interesting. But you could, you know, if you make one based on age, you don't have to say I'm 60 years old and the 60-year-olds are being excluded. Right. You're saying people of my age range are being excluded. Okay. I'm a female. Females are being excluded. Right. Um, that's generally how it works okay. is the protected class that you are in is being excluded. Gotcha. Okay. So... Then what happens? The judge calls you up mm -hmm. or you come back the next day. But what is step two? So step two, which usually happens immediately, quickly. is that the prosecutor then has to put on what's called a prima facie case mm -hmm. that they eliminated that juror, not by death, but distract the juror from the jury pool for a non-discriminatory reason. <laughs> yeah, there it goes. <laughs> or like eject them. <laughs> the Hunger Games in the jury pool. Oh, I love it. But yeah, so the prosecution or the other, the side that's been challenged. And they offer a reason, right? They have to give a reason. This prima facie case is they have to be able to tell the judge like that usually, because this usually is very, very quick. Should we talk about the lawyer after my own heart and the reasons she gave? You should. Um, okay. I had Chelsea save this on her phone because... For those of you who know Chelsea, she is all about the vibes. Of everything. Of everything. It, are the vibes working? Is Are the vibes happening? And okay. this is her kind of person. And this is a direct quote. For instance, in Alex versus Rain Concrete Service, a personal injury case, defense counsel struck an African-American female from the jury based on a quote unquote gut feeling that she did not like the company, but liked the plaintiff. The Supreme Court of Louisiana ruled the defense's defense counsel's explanation that, quote, she and I just didn't get good vibes, unquote, did not constitute a legitimate race neutral reason for striking the juror. So your honor. <laughs> if you know Chelsea, your honor, it really is non-discriminatory. It is truly <laughs> the vibe. My gut said the vibes were not right here. Yeah. It's on the record. It's in an article. And Honestly, it goals, because that is so funny. <laughs> like, you're an attorney in a case, and that's the best thing that would come, like, you can think to say. That is something I would do. Just say. It is. It's Chelsea. <laughs> But you can't. I love this attorney, whoever she is out there. I love her. <laughs> you have to be able to give a reason. You have and, to give and, a real reason. Well, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of times the true reason is, wow, I really didn't get good vibes. Yeah. Okay. But to, to me in picking a jury, it's like, it's not about a race or a gender. It's just like that person really didn't click. Right. Did they make a facial expression? Um, yes, but here's where we get into the third piece. Okay. So the second is the prosecution or whichever side is being challenged right. has to say, this is why I actually struck the juror. Vibes were off. Vibes were off. 
the other party and the judge, the other party usually gets to argue of, well, that's ridiculous. (laughs) And Um, apparently in Louisiana, the vibes being off is not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable. So the jury, um, the, the challenging party gets to say, we believe that that's a pretextual, um, discussion that that's that's not the real reason pretextual reason for removing someone in a discriminatory fashion and the judge has to decide are they giving a false reason are they just making something up to try to win this challenge right is it really if i'm looking at it is it really probably discriminatorily based Right. So if we've done all of our strikes and every single strike you've made has been, I feel like it would be a hard thing to sort of assert that one strike on its own, but if there's a pattern, right. Yes. And that's exactly right. That also puts so much power into that judge's hands. It does. But let's, let's be honest. These aren't extremely like, these don't happen often. Oh, no, I don't think right? so. Right. I do know of them happening. When I worked in the prosecutor's office, we did have some challenges. Um, one of the most interesting to me on the face of it okay. was I had um, an African-American colleague in the prosecutor's okay. office who comes back from a trial and she's like, they did a Batson challenge to me. I was like, what? She says, I am African-American and they challenged me that I was excluding African-Americans from the jury. And I was like, oh, she said, but I'm black. Oh my! <laughs> why, why would I be discriminatory against black people? Right. And the, the part was, is what you're saying. It doesn't matter who's making right, the challenge, the, who's possibly being discriminatory. And just because she's black doesn't mean that she can't exclude people for discriminatory reasons because it is possible that a an african-american female or a female let's just use me as a female sometimes i don't get along with other females right and it is not beyond possibility for me to say to myself in a jury questioning that i'm just not feeling a good thing about females in this jury right i get along with older men fairly well um let me exclude all the women from the jury, have older men, you know, something right. like that. It's still discrimination. Right. It makes sense. And so we were talking about sort of these pretexts when mm-hmm. you sort of circumvent. Yeah. You sort of come up with what would appear to be like a race neutral or a, mm-hmm. a protected class neutral reason, but it's really not right. Like it's coded. Right. Yeah, um, and there are some I pulled. I was going to say there's some crazy examples. Of I this. do have some examples, um, and we'll go with this, and then we'll wrap it up. Perfect. But one of some of the examples that they give for prima facie reasons that mm-hmm. are not real is we have okay. So step two is permissible racially neutral selection. Right. So the prosecutor has to give a race neutral. Um, reason. And here's where we get to justifications that are suggestive of pretext. Okay. So that are suggestive of they're really just pretending. This is sort of the same concept, like is a pretext for a traffic stop, right? It's the same concept. That's 
perfect okay. example. Is it a pretextual stop? Is it, right. are they really stopping you because they, it's race-based or did right. they stop you because they think your tail lights out? Exactly. Okay. So. Oh God, I'm so Facial scared. expressions. Here's where we get to yours. Facial expressions or other nonverbal behavior. There was one case where a conviction was reversed where the state struck a juror who they thought had muttered under his breath, purportedly showing disrespect for a judge. There's another where body language, negative attitude are susceptible to close scrutiny, if that's the reason they give, Mm -hmm. or demeanor-based ones. So is it, well, they were slumped. Right. Is is that a reason is more likely to be looked at as protectual? Because a lot of this, so age hairstyles, clothing this is the one jewelry. That I remember learning about. Mm-hmm. Um, is it yes Af- more likely that an African American person would have that type of hairstyle? Right, because what this is saying essentially is saying, well, I didn't you know, exclude them because they're African-American. I excluded them because they had braids or an Afro or something, which is yes. just absurd. Right. That, like, that seems protectual. So for real right now. And that's exactly how it is in layman's terms. That is exactly how this works is yeah. you're elected as really that's your race neutral reason because that's all about race. Yeah. And that's not like, so it makes sense to me that mm-hmm. sort of the perception of body language and things would be looked at more closely that makes sense. What are, are there any other fun, crazy ones? Yeah, I I like the ones where it's they say, well, I don't like where they live. Well, if where they live is a an area predominantly made up of African Americans, right, or predominantly Indian area, or even predominantly young college kids, young college is you know. Is it based on where they live? Well, what section of the area is it that they live in? That right. seems discriminatory. If you're in Florida, you say, oh, well, mm-hmm. all of these retirement homes are in this area. I don't like that they live there. That's another issue. Yeah. Um, is it one of the other ones that I liked? Where's this one? Um, oh, where'd it go? Here I am. This Oh, intelligence. And this is kind of your college one. Yeah. Is are they excluding people who didn't go to college? So that's not a protected mm-hmm. class, theoretically, but that's theoretically. Really, but I mean, maybe maybe it should be, right? In that community, how many African Americans are in college versus not? Right. And especially when you're talking about this being, you know, a couple decades ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in my brain, I feel like the 80s was 20 years ago, but it's not. Like it's not, it's 40 years ago. Okay, right. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I like to think that, you know, obviously we still have racial, so sweet, racial issues in the country, but I like to think that they were worse then than they are now. Don't know how true that is. We but like that's to the think hope. that they're Progress improving. Progress being made. But so you think when these things were, you know, when Batson really was, they were sort of making all these rules, deciding what seemed pretextual and not, and not that these were more maybe um, indicative of things. Right. And so the last thing I'll leave you with is that one of the other ways that the challenging party mm-hmm. can prove discrimination is through patterns okay. where they say, like you said, if it's an immediate, the last three challenges have all been for older people. Right. Well, oh, it seems okay. pretty common. 
Can I ask yes, you a question? Yes, you sure can. Do and this is probably a dumb question. Do they have to offer a reason for each person that they have struck? Yes. So right, like if you said you each object, person who's challenged. Well, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you wait till the last, just in the example you said, the last three have been elderly people. Then you object. You challenge. Do you just challenge the last one or do you say, I challenge all three of these because now we see a pattern and I'd like individual reasons for all three? Like That's exactly what you okay. do. You're supposed to object per person as it happens. But when you get into that kind of situation, you're yeah. like, wait, wait a minute. It's yeah. been three now. Then you do have a proper reason to stand up and say, I'm raising a Batson challenge to this person and now I'm raising one to all three of them. So in the example we talked about at the very beginning where you just have a sheet, I think you said it was Virginia, Mm -hmm. right? That you get that back and see who they struck and you're like, well, I see a pattern between, you know, between everyone who's been taken out of and that's when you object. Okay. Oh, for sure. And the other patterns that you have is especially with the prosecution's office, Mm -hmm. prosecutor's office. Oh, if you have like that. If there's one particular attorney that you're noticing a pattern, not just with one trial, but over and over, you're like, huh. Somehow their juries all look real similar. Yes. Somehow these particular people just keep getting excluded. Hmm. And it seems to be continuing and be a pattern. So then you would actually, you could be prepared before you go in to present proof to the judge of all these other juries. This, This particular prosecutor or attorney keeps excluding this type of people. And they can prove it. And that's where you might need to say, judge, I'm making a Batson challenge, but I'd like to be heard tomorrow or another day so that I can go back and get some additional evidence because you would want to pull the records. And even if sort of defense is prepared in that Mm -hmm. situation, the judge is going to give the prosecutor time to adequately prepare to respond. Yeah, potentially. You'd you'd hope so. But it is a, a serious challenge. Yeah. Um, it's a concerning one. Prosecutors, as as our office, it was a big, your stomach drops if you get a Batson challenge yeah. because word goes around of there's possibly a racist in your office. Well, right. So they're a big deal. And what I would say for people raising them is don't raise them for everything. Please be judicious about it when you really think that there is one right. because it's not just a normal objection you can possibly make inferences about a person by making a Batson challenge to their decisions. And you can potentially ruin or affect a person's character Mm -hmm. if they're not making discriminatory challenge, you know, decisions. If you're making the challenge, the card that you're throwing down is that they are discriminating. And if they're not, you don't want to play around with this because you could actually be brought up in your state's bar for, you know, you're purposely doing this, not because you think there really is a discriminatory pattern happening, but because you're wanting to cast aspersions on somebody else. And is that sort of the play there that, well, I want you to, I mean, I think there's sort of a a give and take there of, well, if you had to justify every strike you make, um, I mean, it puts the other person at a disadvantage if you're like, uh, Hey, give a reason for all of these. Um, I do have one last question to wrap us up. All right. And I think it's a good one to end on. Okay. So procedurally, we've talked about this three-step process and sort of the judge there is like, um, yes, no, whatever. Yeah. About the challenge. Um, 
what happens then and can you appeal it? So if the judge yes. says, in the case that the judge thinks it's a fine, it's a race neutral reason, I'm assuming you just move on, continue. Absolutely. But if the judge, done. The judge is like, mm, I'm not buying it. I do see that you have a point here to the party that raised mm -hmm. this. Then what happens? That person's put back on the jury and you have to strike somebody else. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, to me, Assuming then I would be like, still, you're supposed to still be in the selection process. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that person would be, and hopefully they wouldn't even know that there's a discussion That's about them. That's why the lever doesn't would, work like, <laughs> where they're not told be until it would be. And I mean, if someone was like, if I found out I got struck and then got put back on, it'd be like, who's got a problem with me? Yeah. So you're not supposed to be told until okay. the final jury is selected and then they're told who's captain, who's let go okay but if so if that person the judge says you know what i do think that the, this is a legitimate batson challenge yeah there's no reason to exclude that person none and they just put them on and they're put back on you either don't get any more strikes or you get to strike a different person yeah. and it's got to be for non-discriminatory reasons so those okay. are the immediate reactions okay perfect this is like the last sub part of that question so Normally, throughout the course of a trial, there's lots of objections, and the judge's job is to rule on objections. Yeah. But like you said, this is slightly different than like a traditional objection. It is. Um, but is the process, like if you don't like how the judge rules about something in a normal trial, you kind of wait till, you know, you preserve it for the record, mm -hmm. but you bring it up on appeal. Is this the same way? You have to. Well, I was going to yes. say, is there not like an immediate, it's like, you just have to say, well, it is what it is. You continue throughout the whole process and mm -hmm. then you appeal. Correct. Okay. You will have to go through the full trial. That was, yeah. So if, if the judge thinks that the side has a race neutral reason mm -hmm. and keeps that juror, the other party will have to say, I renew, renew or preserve my pr objection for the record. I believe that this is a pretextual reason mm -hmm. and that this juror is being excluded on the basis of race. So, okay. Sorry. One last question. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. No, I'm no, just no. talking about the specifics here because when you talk about the jury is either dismissed or, you know, you're sort of having that like at the bench conversation because that's not really usually on the record. Right? Oh, it is. Oh, is it? Okay. It is on the record. Um, the bench is usually close to where the court reporter is. Yes. If you notice the bench is where the judge sits, it's called the bench. Um, so where the judge is sitting is usually very, very close to where the court reporter yeah. is sitting. And when the judge brings the parties up to talk outside of the hearing of the jury, it mm -hmm. is not outside the hearing of the record. So I don't think I knew that. So that was my question. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And if for some reason the, the court reporter can't hear, the court reporter will speak up. This is interesting. You didn't know that the court reporter will yeah. speak up and say, judge, I cannot hear the conversation. And the judge will motion the parties closer to the court reporter and will make sure that the court reporter can hear them. Honestly, what a fun job. You get all the tea. That is like, <laughs> yeah, but it's so boring. Really? I feel yes. like it'd be interesting. Some of it is. When court is interesting, it is interesting. Like the things people say on the stand. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? There's this one girl on TikTok. I wish I could remember her name. You know who I'm talking about, is right? Is it Reb Maisel or is no, how do so you pronounce she, her name? That is Reb Maisel is the one who reads iconic court transcripts. I'm also like obsessed with her. She's 
amazing. But there's a woman who is a court reporter. And so she films these videos where she pretend types. Oh, I love her. The blonde. Yes. She's in the South. Oh, she's so And she just cute. does her little type in that she, you know, is like reacting to what people have said in her courtroom. Um, and I think it's so funny. She is funny. I can't remember her name, but you're right. You guys have got to find her. I love her. And again, I think it would be interesting because the things people do. If you've ever seen their shorthand too, it is wild oh, it's, looking. It's crazy. But they they have to take the record. Yeah. And what will happen is the the person challenging, if they still think it was discriminatory, they will yeah. preserve it for the record. They will continue to renew the objection at specific parts during and after the trial. After the trial, if their person is found guilty or if their case is dismissed, depending on the side that they're on, yeah. they will renew their objection by saying, judge, you know, before we conclude, I renew my objection to you. I renew my Batson challenge yep. and believe that this is an improper trial based on discriminatory reasons. This jury member should not have been struck. And then they'll take it up on appeal. And if a higher court believes that the jury member was improperly struck, Reverse and remand. It, the case is reversed, whatever it was, mm -hmm. whether it was a conviction or a decision for the plaintiff or defendant, it's reversed and sent back to the trial court and you have another trial as if it never happened because you need a new jury. There you, you go. You have to have a new jury. The only, the only remedy for this is to start over is a new jury. So yeah. the immediate remedy, the immediate, only immediate remedy is to put the juror back on. The only final remedy is a new jury. Interesting. So welcome to a Batson challenge. Like That's how it works. We le I learned a lot. Yeah. It's really fun to see play out. Not like it's fun to have a Batson challenge because it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but when you're watching it live, because it doesn't happen very often and most people outside the, the trial attorneys don't even know how it works and have never seen one. It's actually very fascinating. If you can catch one. Brilliant. So that's what we have to say about that. Like, subscribe, um, follow us so that you can see more videos. We will put a link in the description to the other video where we talked about the jury selection process, mm -hmm. about how overall the jury is selected and what methods yeah. are used. And then I think we're going to do one more later. It may not be a part of a series. We won't call it a series, but... We will probably have another one about what the jury actually does once they're chosen. Love it. So that'll be fun. But anyway, follow us. Put any comments if there are things that you want us to discuss and talk about that you didn't know and you really would like to know. How does this yeah. work in the real world outside of TV or just you have no idea? Put that in so you can see it. I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. We are part of Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do.